Imagine suddenly without warning being forced into quarantine so you don't contaminate your family. Imagine suddenly without warning, you no longer have access to your normal emotional comforts. Imagine suddenly without warning, you have to give it to yourself. Imagine suddenly without warning, you go from invincibility to sheer panic in one week. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 8, The Mystical. I have spent the last year working on self-love, unconscious and conscious beliefs, being more in tune with my body, recognizing more and more of my gut feelings, and most importantly, trusting my intuition. When I was born, I was born with a large strawberry birthmark between my eyebrows. It faded after a few years, but there's still a bump there that remains. It's interesting because sometimes when I'm upset, angry, or sad, the bump becomes swollen or irritated. It becomes mildly swollen. But it's interesting because it's located right between my eyes where your third eye is, they say. Your third eye is your intuition. That invisible intuition. We have all these different senses. Hearing, smelling, tasting, seeing. And the intuition is one of our senses that you can't see, smell, taste, or hear. But you can certainly listen to it. And this is something that we have been raised our whole lives most of us anyways, to ignore or it's not true or that's not real. When you start to reprogram yourself and realize things are illusions and the veil lifts and you start creating your own reality and you start listening to your own intuition, life becomes beautifully mystical. I thought this past year of dealing with coronavirus symptoms and self-love and all of that stuff, that this was my first, I guess you could say, time in my life where I thought mystical experiences were beginning, when in actuality, I've been having mystical experiences my whole life. When you start cutting out all the TV and all the noise and all that stuff and start listening to your intuition and working on your conscious and unconscious work, memories come up that you completely have forgotten about. I talked about in a previous episode about my first memory as a child, being in the back seat of the car with my mother and my brother, and we were on the way, and he had to apologize for shooting some kid with a BB gun for throwing my tricycle around in the yard. But actually, that wasn't my first memory. My first memory was actually... Wandering around my house when I was around two years old. And it was nighttime. And I remember wandering around the house going, where am I? What is this place? And where did everybody go? It was like a knowing that I was with a group, a collective of people. And that I was now in some unknown place that I did not recognize. 
And then there was another memory where I'm sitting in the high chair in the kitchen and my mother's back is to me and she's doing the dishes. And I remember looking at her going, who is this lady? And then I said, oh, she's the one that's playing my mom. It's one of those inner knowings can't quite describe. Whenever I was around 17 years old, my husband, when we were dating at teen as teenagers, he gave me this gift. He bought me this gift of the stone reader. I've never heard of a stone reader, didn't know what it was. I heard of like tarot card readers and things like that. But she read my stones. And one of the things that she said was, I have an ability to communicate with spirits. Interestingly, at the time, I was about to turn 18 and I was going to be getting this small little trust fund. I was so focused on the money that I was irritated that she didn't mention the money. Your ego is always wanting something bigger, brighter, and beautiful than the present moment. <laughs> Anyways, so that was very interesting and eye-opening. I have been having dreams of people that have died that I have loved and known for a very long time. In fact, I have a friend that has always called it my spooky gene. Whenever I got married at 19, my husband had joined the army, and so he was off at basic training in another state. I was living with my mom, and then she ended up kicking me out of the house, and so I ended up staying with my friend who had an apartment with her boyfriend, and I slept on the floor. While living there, my grandmother, my mother's mother, who was such an angel to me and one of the sweetest people in my family, one of the few places that I would go to that I felt safe and trusted and didn't have to walk on eggshells. It was very comforting. But she suddenly died, and I had to go to the funeral and all that and, you know, have tense moments with my mother and things like that. But I had gotten some of her jewelry and gotten a few of her moo-moos. When I get back in town and sleep on the floor, I um, slept in my grandmother's moo-moo. It was comforting to me. But this was my first dream that I had about someone that was had crossed over. Her and I were in these apartments, hotel-type place. We were on, like, the third floor outside. And it was a sunny, beautiful, bright day. And we were both wearing sun hats and buying lemonade. And she was telling me that she got a new apartment. And she wanted me to see her new place. So I followed her. She walked inside the apartment. I stood in the doorway. As I looked around the apartment, I see there's just one or two things hanging on the wall. And there's boxes everywhere. Like she just moved in. She just arrived. And I'm looking around and then I realize that she's dead. And I look up at her and I said, you're dead. You're dead. And then I freaked out and woke myself up. It was around three in the morning. I woke up and was just crying, had tears coming down my eyes. And I was scared and mad at the same time at myself for waking myself up and being scared. Anyway, um, 
I wake up and I see a shadow in the kitchen. And, of course, it freaked me out. But it was just my friend. And she said, oh, you're awake. You know, and she was looking sort of panicked and fear. And I said, yeah, I just had this dream about my grandmother. And I told her. And she said, that's weird. <laughs> she said... She had just woken up and had to use the bathroom, and she was sitting on the toilet, and she looks over, and there's a large female figure sitting there with a moo on. And she freaked out and went in the kitchen. That's when I woke up and told her about the dream. That was my first dream of my grandmother, of someone that who had passed. And then the second time was when my husband's father had died, and he was a very colorful character. Very, very funny. I didn't know him too well, but I'm glad that I was able to get to know him some. And when he died, I was at his funeral, and I asked him to come in my dreams. And then three days later, he did. That dream was interesting because I walk into this dilapidated-looking house, and it's dark, and there's no furniture, and it's dusty, and it just looks like it's about to fall apart. But there's a table and there's two chairs sitting there. And then there's a candle in the middle of the table. And I sit down and then I look across and there he is, my father-in-law. And he starts talking to me and then he tells me um, that the next time he comes to visit me, it's going to be in the form of an owl. And then I started sort of freaking out and woke myself up again. <laughs> but this dream was a little bit longer. As time has gone on, I have had more dreams about people that have died, um, and I've sort of became less fearful and asked for it, um, and I call it the three-day rule. I don't know. It's very strange. Like, three days later, they come. When my brother Danny died, and we were getting to know each other again, um, I told him about how I have dreams about people that have passed on. We were crying, and I asked him, you know, please, we we give me a message in a dream. Will you please give me a message? And he was crying. He said, yes, of course, I will give you a message. Now, he came. His dream was, like, a month later. Um, I sort of was, I feel like I kept waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And then it was, like, finally when I let it go is when he came. It's kind of weird. But he um, was standing by my bed, and it felt like I was awake. And he was standing there smiling, and there was, like, this white and black smoke, like, swirling around him. It was kind of interesting. Um, and then I woke up, and I expected, honestly, to be halfway hanging off my bed because of the way I was laying in the bed and everything. So that's kind of interesting. Um, also, when my friend's um, husband had died unexpectedly, he didn't come, but... A year later, she came in town and for a high school reunion, and I asked her, would you like me to have him come in my dream? And she said yes. And then three days later, I'm having a dream where I'm standing in the kitchen next to the Keurig, and he's giving me messages to give her, which I did give her, and she totally understood them and was able to process that with ease. Um, so that those are kind of my, my dreams that I've had. Um, then <laughs> I started having dreams of people that I did not know who had died that were related to my friends 
one of my friends, um, her dad had died, and he came to me in dream a few months later and had a message for her. I had no idea. I'd never met this man. And I woke up the next morning and I said, you know, can you please send me a picture of your dad? Because I think he had a message. And she sent me the picture and immediately I knew it was him because of his big smile and big, beautiful white teeth. Anyways, I gave her the message that he had said. So then I started having dreams about people that are alive <laughs> that I didn't know. Um, and this is all before coronavirus. All of this is all before this past year. Um, I dreamt about my friend's brother, who I didn't even know had a brother. Um, but I had this dream that he was in total distress and he needed help and all these things. And the next morning I see her at work and I asked her, do you have a brother? And she said, yeah, actually I have two. And I said, well, your brother is in distress. He needs help. You know, I don't, it's just feels like a very urgent, like he needs a lot of help. And she said, that's weird because my brother is really depressed. We're worried that he might be suicidal and he's not answering the phone. So there's that. What's interesting though is um, leading up to like the probably, I don't know, three to four months before I had coronavirus, I was dreaming every night, like very actively about this sort of almost the same thing, same person every single night. And then when I got the virus and for months, I didn't remember my dreams. There was, it was like nothing. It was like blank. I have also had some supernatural experiences um, even before this past year. It's interesting when you start working on yourself and you have these memories that come up and you think you're one way and then you realize, well, I've, some of the stuff I've actually had and just sort of passed aside, I guess, passed to the side. Um, when my brother died, and like I said, he told me he was going to come into my dream and give me a sign. Um, my mother and I and a couple other family members were picking his casket out, and he loved the heavy metal band Pantera, and he had this Pantera plaque, um, this... I don't know, like a ward looking thing. And we had it at the funeral home and my mom was debating whether or not she should put it in the casket or not. And I said, yeah, of course, isn't that match your decor mom? Um, but as we were doing that, talking about Pantera and this and that, I was confused as why he had this plaque. But anyways, um, at the same time, I had a housekeeper at my house and strangely out of nowhere, she tells me later, uh, Pantera started blasting through my house on some speaker and she couldn't get to shut off. And it was a song I've never even heard of <laughs> and it scared her so bad. <laughs> and he actually was my, um, brother's, she was actually my brother's housekeeper too. So he, um, I think had a little joke for her because <laughs> she's already anxious person. Anyways, I'm sure he did that to scare her <laughs> and was probably fun to watch. Um, but also, um, that same day, you know, we were picking out the gasket and everything. Then we go and have lunch and our waitress's name is Danny. So, um, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I remember um, growing up, staying at my, when I stayed at my grandmother's house, my dad's mom 
um, the one that was really mean to me, um, I would stay in my uncle Robbie's room and his room, he had died years, uh, years before that. And I don't have any memories of him, but I, there are pictures of me when I'm like two or three and he's standing there. He had died. Um, he was in college and he had fallen asleep at the wheel and drove off a cliff. <laughs> and so my grandmother didn't do anything to his room. She kept it exactly the same. So creepy. I had to sleep in this room every time I had to go sleep at my mean grandmother's house with my drunk father. Oh my God, life is funny. <laughs> so, I mean, if I wasn't abused, I was really abused. But no, I would sleep on Uncle dead Uncle Robbie's waterbed and be floating on it. And then, you know, go to try to go to sleep with all of his pictures and his track awards and all this stuff. And, um, anyways, but I remember always waking up like three, four in the morning and just creeped out and just having this feeling like he was there or something. It was, it was weird. Um, but anyways, so when my dad died, a lot of really crazy weird stuff happened and actually are still happening in my house. Um, a couple days later after he died, um, I had some family drama. It's interesting when people die, um, either the best comes out of them or the worst character comes out of them. And so I was dealing with some family drama and I didn't really need my dad to come visit me in a dream. I didn't need a message or anything like that. I've already gotten all the messages I needed from that man. But, um, I was, um, anxious, starting to get anxious about some family drama that was happening. And I walked out of work and I was like, dad, I need your protection. Dad, I need your protection. And the wind started picking up and the leaves started swirling around me. And I just kept saying, I need your protection. I need your protection. And boy, has he given me some protection. Um, a few days later, I had to work at the hospital it was like this extra shift. And I went on this one unit that was the coronavirus unit, I guess you could say. And I was talking to this patient. And before I go talk to this person on, on the unit, lights start flickering. And I'm like, okay. And my hall light had been flickering all week long. Um, so, and as I'm getting back on the elevator, I see him. I see him walking very slowly watching me and I was like, Oh my goodness, that was weird. And then I get home and I have to finish working from home. Um, I fin I work a little bit and then I get on the phone with a friend of mine and was telling her, you know, all this stuff that my dad was doing. And then as soon as I hang up from her, I was telling my daughter, you know, I said, um, hey, we need to get your computer. We need to do some homework, you know, Google Classroom, whatever. And she was like, Mom, I don't have any homework. And I said, but let's get your computer out anyways and make sure it's charged. And then as soon as I said that, the power went out. And it was out for several hours. And we were, my daughter and I were looking at each other like, what was that? <laughs> and we knew, we knew because 
things started getting really weird in this house. Knocking in the walls, these very crazy electrical sounds. Like, I would walk by the ice machine and it would go, and all these really weird things. Um, Like, I went outside and it sounded like my um, pool had some sort of electrical current going through it. Um, We had had a really bad ice storm right before my dad had died. And, you know, we had some, like... uh, pool equipment issues and my dad had died and the pool people came and like were fixing and I really didn't care I wasn't in the mood I didn't want to hear about it I just was just in my own world and the poor guy was like trying to show me all the new like pumps and stuff he had put in and as he's showing them to me and I'm like really don't care because I'm just not in the mood um He's like, and and this thing is going to last you for a long time. And some tube he was showing me all of a sudden just pops off and starts spraying him in the face and sprays me. And I just shake my head and just walk off like, oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> so um, I have a video of where, where I'm talking to the light that flashes in my hallway. And um, my daughter, it goes, ghost. She says the word ghost and points to the light right at the same time. And it turns on like 20 times brighter than it had been before ever. And so very, very interesting things going on over here. Um, I'm currently uh, cleaning out my dad's house and stuff. I'm about to put it on the market. And my ex-husband has been very helpful with with that. Um, A week ago, I had heard this like chirping from like a smoke alarm four or five times and then it stopped and I was like that was weird well my ex-husband's over at my dad's house trying to like clean up the garage and help or whatever and he starts hearing this chirping and he cannot find the damn chirp where it's, he's like pulls all the smoke alarms out and I know that's my father messing with him my father <laughs> did not like him at first because he was Hispanic um, and didn't even go to our wedding but, you know, towards the end, he was like, oh, he's my favorite son-in-law, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and then after we weren't together anymore, you know, he was like, you know, he can come visit me, <laughs> even though y'all aren't married. So, you know, my dad was a trickster, and um, he's still doing interesting things. <laughs> but when you start meditating, and you start clearing out your noise... And you start listening to your gut, your intuition, and you start looking at the world. And you start looking at the sky and the clouds. You start realizing things are synchronous. 